We haven't entirely nailed down what element it is yet, but I'll tell you this, it's a lively one. Let's give your parents a call right now. Hello, welcome to episode number 72 of Gaming with the Moms. My name is Nicole Tanner. I am managing editor at Pixelkin.org and the mother of a four-year-old. Our fellow mom, Linda, is off enjoying herself for about a month, I believe. It is her birthday, and she will be spending time in London, I know for sure, and possibly other places as well. So, uh, But she works hard. She deserves a month off for her birthday. Um, so today I am simply joined by... Steven Dutzman, who is editor and founder of Engage Family Gaming and the father of three. Hi, Steven. Hi, boss. Uh, there was not even a slight tinge of sarcasm in that she deserves a month <laughs> off. Um, she not does. Not even a slight tinge of sarcasm Linda. in that. I didn't. I'm, I'm saying I didn't sense any. I'm. Oh, I'm. Okay. I'm just saying I don't. I. It's not that I disagree. I agree. She deserves all the time in the world. Um. She does a lot of good for a lot of people, um, but yeah. I'm just commenting that I didn't hear any sarcasm in your voice, and, and I, you know, that's it. That's all I'm going. Okay. That's, that's what I'm going for. Okay, so you're not being sarcastic about not hearing any sarcasm in my voice. I'm gonna leave that to the <laughs> listeners to try and determine, but I think that it is safe to assume anyone who has listened to me for uh, more than a few minutes knows that if you think I'm being sarcastic, I'm probably being sarcastic. I mean, I'm just trying to keep it real with everybody. Uh, generally, yeah. I'm pretty sarcastic, but I mean, I make it, I, I, I'm worth it because I, I, I know things. I'm sarcastic and I know things. That's what, that's what I do. Oh yeah. I don't, that I say so that because I, I don't drink. Oh, okay. Okay. Game of Thrones reference from a person who doesn't watch Game of Thrones. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? I told you that I understand. <laughs> I told you that I don't watch it, but I read a lot about it because otherwise you can't. Oh, okay. You really can't exist on this earth dealing with nerd yeah. culture without at least being very f somewhat familiar. It's kind of like yes. I, I know a little bit more about Walking Dead than I probably should because you can't. Mm. It's just so ingrained in society. As part of pop culture, yeah. you just have to do it. Um, so yeah. I think that that's a thing. Um, yes. So, yeah. That line, though, has been a huge thing. I mean. Like that dialogue line when, is, yeah. When they put that, <laughs> when, I, I don't know if it was in the book. Was it in the book? Or was that just for the show? I think so. So when they wrote that script, right, and the heat, they said, no, we're yeah. going to have this guy say, um, it's what I do. I drink and I know things. Like, you know that yeah. meme that's going around, like, that reaction gif that's, like, the the guy that's, like, a teenager and he's got, like, all his friends around him and he, like, falls backwards into his boys? And then there's the guy that's, like, right. ah! And his face is melting and he right. calls across the screen. Like, that's what that writing room must have been like when they were, like, no, this is what we're going to do. We're going to have this dude say this. And they all just were, like, this is going to be the thing. And you know what? I mean... <laughs> And it really has been. I mean, I, yeah. outside of I know. maybe, like this show, there's one more season of Game of Thrones, right? Which is her, two. two more. Okay, two so more two seasons. more seasons. Yeah. I think that line, it's what I do, I drink and I know things, probably going to be in the top five of phrases or lines from Game of Thrones that have like impacted pop culture. 
Mm. Winter is coming. That's the only one that Winter is Winter's coming. coming. Right, John right, right, Snow, yeah. you know nothing. All has oh yeah is yeah. is a thing. But really, yeah. like that, I, I'm I'm saying top five. I'm being generous because there's two more years that haven't been written yet, and I'm guessing the ending yeah. is going to be pretty epic. Um, in fact, I might even watch the the last episode. Um, yeah. Because well, you're supposed to be watching the end of this last season. Yeah. yeah you see, you haven't done your homework. Yeah. In case you're so. being that you are my managing editor, there's a lot of things that I don't do on time. Um, so, <laughs> uh, and part of that is because I've been playing a lot of sports games recently. Um, I get a I get a break today. I get to shoot. I get to shoot yes, German people. You get to shoot people. <laughs> I get to shoot bad German Nazi people. Not Nazis, but like, what were yeah. they in World War One? I? I get to shoot them. I haven't. I don't know. I don't know anything about World War One. I. Uh, I mean, I know that it was. I don't know much about World War One. I know it was either. really uh, bad. The only thing that I really, the only thing I really know about it is how um, the suffrage has gotten into a lot of trouble for protesting during the war. It's, they like stood outside the White House with signs and whatnot, and people heckled them and said, "We're at war. You need to support our president." Blah blah blah. So. So the suffragettes anyhow. protested. Yeah. Yeah, they were still protesting for the vote, not the war. So people were telling them, "Forget about your stupid vote. We need to focus on this the is war time." Well, I mean, I yeah. I kind of okay. So I kind of understand that kind of. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. But they were they were protesting first, so. Yeah. So exactly. it's like I mean, they, sorry, bro. World War Two, World War One broke out, but I mean, in the end, it all worked yeah. out. World War One ended. Yes. Kind of. It kind of yes. ended with World War II. Um, right. And so, you know, and women can run, can yeah. vote now, and they can run for president. How crazy is that? Yes. It's, I know. Whoa. It's like history and stuff. <laughs> and I get to roll in right. into a video game and probably die in some mustard gas a lot. I'm going to charge at some tanks on a horse at least once. Um, that's going to be crazy. Um, yeah. I'm excited for Battlefield yeah. 1. Um and I guess should be cool. I guess that leads us into the story that if you are EA Access member, which I think I might be the only one on Earth, based on what I hear from people that listen to this podcast, go download. <laughs> like, well, I guess it's not much news because it'll be available on Friday when everybody listens anyway. But man, yeah. I'm gonna have a one day head start yep. on y'all. Yeah, watch out. Yep. Pretty cool. One more thing before we get into the to the games, I had a pretty. It's actually kind of a traumatic parenting experience. Like, so I took Anna to oh. the doctor to get her flu oh, shot God. today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And shots, shots have never really been that much of a thing with her. But today, oh my God, she flipped out, screaming, crying. I couldn't hold her in place. She ran and hid in the corner <laughs> of the exam room. I was just like, I didn't know what to do. She's never responded this way before. So they had to bring in another nurse, and she had to hold her with me in order for her to get the shot. And then, like, as we were walking out to the car afterwards, she's like, it doesn't even feel like I got a shot. I'm like, yeah, That's no the kidding. point. <laughs> That's the point, bucko. Yeah, um, it was terrible. (laughs) When our oldest was two, he uh, was running around with something in his mouth um, and scathed the roof of his mouth. Basically, took the roof of his mouth and basically shoved it into the back of his throat. Um, Oh no! And he needed stitches. Obvi. Yeah. Obvi. Right. Um, and so we brought him to Connecticut Children's Medical Center. Speaking of which. 
I am playing Extra Life for them uh, on November 4th. Yes. Um, search up Engage Family Gaming on Extra Life and donate, because uh, I'm, I need to do something to justify playing Star Stable for 24 hours. So hopefully I'll raise a lot of money for charity. But anyway, I digress. They needed to give him an IV, and he was two. Oh, so yeah. let me just tell you, um, the only way we could do it is I had to lie down on the hospital bed, and I had to uh-huh. hold his upper body with my arms, separated uh-huh. enough so there was exposed arms so they could give him the thing, and then I had to figure uh-huh. for his legs with mine. So I had to, like, wrap it around. Oh, jeez. And so I've got... And then my wife had to put two hands on his head and hold it down into my chest. Because otherwise he was just oh, going to thrash and just... He was just yeah, kicking yeah. me. I was bad. Um, and even yeah. still, it took three or four attempts to, like, get him settled enough to get it done. And then they infiltrated wow. the IV anyway. So he had to stay overnight. Oh, Yeah. So I feel you on kids yeah. being like, what? He's never had a problem with needles. He had never had a problem with it before. But that just, he was less than pleased. Yes. I tried to explain to her how many shots she got even before she turned a year old. Yeah. I don't know. It was it was tough. It was rough. We went out for ice cream afterwards. I saw that. Was that Froyo or ice cream? Yeah. That was ice cream. That was Baskin Robbins. Oh, boy. So. All I saw was, gum- was gummy worms. Gummy worms. I know. I even let her get as many toppings as she wants. So she had sprinkles, gummy worms, gummy bears, and M&M's Whoa. on her. Gummy screen. worms and gummy bears. And gummy bears. That is, that's a four-year-old Sunday right there. It is. It's like it literally, is. how about sugar with sugar, um, with sugar, sugar melted and shaped into wacky shapes, and then sprinkles. Right. Yes. <laughs> I'm down. Oh, I'm down. I actually, man. it makes me yeah. want ice cream. Ben and Jerry's is three for nine ninety nine at Price Chopper this week. I knocked that out. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. Uh, all right. Video games. Video games. <laughs> uh, yes. Are typically less painful than shots. Typically. Not all the Apparently, time, unless you're playing so, um, Mafia 3. Because apparently Mafia 3 is more oh, painful yeah. than shots. That's what I understand. <laughs> Yeah, that has not been well received. I actually didn't make my list of things to um to review for Pixelkin. So, um so I'm not going to, you know, make everybody make anybody play that for our site. Besides it's kind of past the point and I just didn't that's one of the games that just slipped off my radar. Well, they weren't sending they, we they weren't sending out early review copies, so it would have been real hard to get anybody to get anything done in any reasonable amount of time. Um yeah. I mean, as it was, IGN had their had uh, Marty playing it all weekend, and it's an open world like mm. sixty hour game. So he was basically just yeah. drinking and playing uh, Mafia all weekend. <laughs> that poor, poor soul. I mean, he was going to be drinking all weekend anyway. But <laughs> at least that's what he says. I don't know him personally, but he says that he drinks all weekend every weekend. So I can presume that he wow. would do the same. Well, he's a young guy yeah. living on his own in San Francisco. Yeah. I mean, although, you know, the rent there is so high, you know, how much you could afford to drink. Anyhow, we're getting off topic. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) um, 
So news, Mass Effect, Andromeda. We might know the release date now, thanks to Amazon. Pretty sure we know the release Thank date. Thank you, Amazon. <laughs> yes, we're pretty sure that this is it. So a listing on Amazon went up for a book called The Art of Mass Effect Andromeda, and it has a release date of March 21st, 2017. Yep. And then they've said that uh, this is going to be launching the exact same time as the game. So guess what, folks? I think March 21st, 2017 is our date, which is actually a little little um, after what they were saying. I believe they were saying February for a while. Well, um, I mean... But we don't have... <laughs> I, I know, I know. But we're getting more details, apparently lots more details, on November 7th, which is N7 Day. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. Either. I knew it was a it's thing. I didn't even think of article. it. I didn't even yeah. think of it. Oh, boy. N7. And seven, yeah. So November seventh, they're going to be doing something huge, announcing type stuff. Maybe we'll finally get to see some like really cool, like awesome gameplay besides like just a snippet here and there. So, um, so that's what I'm looking so, forward to. That should be cool. So should we be doing a GoFundMe to find you a babysitter for a month um, a after <laughs> March twenty first? Uh, no, she, no, because she goes to school. She goes, she goes to, school to school three days. All right, so should we... we yeah, should, and it is... Should we be finding a daycare center it, that does after-school care? Um, right. <laughs> and maybe overnight care? No. I'm sure there's one in, right, I'm sure there's yeah. one nearby. Let's just do it. No, no, it'll be fine. I can I can play while she's at school. That's That will be acceptable. You're going to you're gonna be able but, to stop? Are you sure? Yeah. You sure? Well... Because, <laughs> I mean, this is Mass Effect. <laughs> yes. I know, but I like Mass Effect, but it is not like the end all be all. Oh. Like if this was a new Bioshock, that would be different. So, um, all right, yeah. Because I, I'd give well, I'd fine. give my kids off to the the wandering salespeople. Um, I'd give them to a vacuum cleaner salesperson <laughs> if they would help me play Final Fantasy uninterrupted. That's a joke, everybody listening. I wouldn't actually give my children to strangers. Would I give them to my parents? Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. What was the joke? Do people still sell vacuum cleaners door to door? It's a thing. I have not seen that in a very long time. Still a thing. Um, in our neighborhood, they sell windows door to door. Windows? Okay. So they come and they're like, hey, we'll give you a free estimate on your windows. You get them replaced. Your windows are looking kind of old, sir. Well, first off, thanks. <laughs> Second of all, get out. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we get lots of, again, we're getting off topic here, but we get lots of people come to our door selling various stuff. But never vacuums? Um, yeah, I mean, never never vacuum cleaners and never anything really useful. Like, I always come to the door because sometimes it's a neighborhood kid selling, I don't know, candy bars or whatever. And I like to, you know, help them out. But I almost want to put up a no soliciting sign. Because I, I assume that the kids with the candy bars probably wouldn't know what that means, and they would still come up. Their parents but would the know. Salespeople. Their parents oh, would yeah, know. You would nuke that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just have to put up with yep. it, I guess. I have gone to like my, my desk is like right. I can see our front porch out of it, but I have my blinds pulled down far enough that a person coming up to the house can't see me. And so if it doesn't look like somebody that I want to deal with, I just don't answer the doorbell. That's reasonable. That's reasonable. So we're excited about Mass Effect. I'm excited about Mass yes. Effect. Now, here's the question of the hour. So um, yeah. let's presume it comes out on 
March 21st, which mm-hmm. and when Amazon leaks a thing, that's not yeah. like the end of a business quarter or something. So like, right. Yeah. You know, when Amazon leaks a thing, they're usually right. So it's coming. Um, that's a pretty awesome release time because there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. And there won't be yep. because ain't nobody putting their game out around Mass Effect. You just get away. Um, yeah. So, uh, what do you want out of this game? Because you're the the real fan. I'm excited, but like you are like the Mass Effect lady that I know. <laughs> um, I don't know, like. I mean, I, I guess an experience similar to the first three. I mean, there's nothing really, like, story-wise, those were great. Uh, gameplay, they switched a little bit between um, the first one and the second one. Um, I liked the gameplay more when they switched it. My husband liked it a lot less, which was kind of weird. But we bought, like, the special collector's edition thing for Mass Effect 2 because he liked Mass Effect 1 so much. And then he didn't end up finishing Mass Effect 2, which was kind of weird. And I came to the Mass Effect kind of late. So I actually didn't play 1 or 2 until 3 was just about to come out. Um, so, yeah, so just just good story. Like, basically, that's it. Um, you know, I don't care so much about gameplay as long as it's not cringeworthy. Um, so, yeah. All right. Yeah. I, you know what? I just want it to be a little bit more Star Trekky. Oh, it could be okay. because I'm super bummed that the new Star Trek series was delayed from January until May. So now I'm like, fine, uh. Mass Effect. Now you must provide me. <laughs> <laughs> now you must provide me my Star Trek experience. Ah, ah, ah. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that, at least that's kind of where I'm at with, uh, with Mass Effect. Yeah. I'm excited for it. I'm, I mean, I like the idea of the main characters being a brother and a sister, so you choose a male or a female yeah. character, but it's not the same person. You're choosing to create, mm-hmm. like, one half of, like, a pair of uh, siblings, which I think is... Um, yeah. I think that helps solve some of the problems that people had with um, the original Mass Effect trilogy, which is they were either Fem Shep or... You know, male Shep, right? So, what did they call? It? I right. mean, so yeah. And you had to, and it, and it was like you had to choose, and there was like the one true and correct answer. Whereas now that you're playing one part of the siblings, they are both there. They are both important, mm-hmm. and nobody has to make that choice. And also, they can yeah. make the characters important in their own right. I, I think that's a really neat idea and something that we really haven't seen explored. So, um, mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that. Um, I, I think I almost. It almost feels like you want to play it twice, one is each, maybe, to see if it's going to be different, but we'll find out. Yeah. Maybe they'll yeah, tell us maybe. on N7 Day. Even, yeah, I don't typically play games twice, even games like that, where you can have a hugely different experience. I guess one thing that I would maybe want from it, and I don't know if they're going to make this into a trilogy or what they're going to do, they but are. I would like not to have, to have to kill so many of my friends at the end as <laughs> <Yes>, I did <laughs> I mean I guess it's realistic it's realistic so you know spoiler alert you gotta make some hard choices at the end of Mass Effect 3 and uh, not everybody's gonna come out alive <laughs> just let me say that hashtag body um, count yeah some of that stuff was heartbreaking man just heartbreaking the choices that I had to make um, 
So yeah, so that should be cool. Looking forward to it, obviously. Now I'm going to move on to a game that Steven already loves and I'm sure is excited about this. So Overwatch has launched their cool Halloween celebration. Yeah, have. Tell us about this, Steven. Junkenstein's Revenge um, is... I've already played multiple games of the uh, Junkenstein's Revenge mode. What's interesting is it's a mm -hmm. PvE mode, for those of you not... In the groove, PvE stands for player versus environment. Why that is special mm -hmm. is that typically Overwatch is a player versus player game. It's a five-on-five, five, a six-on-six six, uh, mode uh, where you're playing against other mm -hmm. players. Here, it is four versus the world. Uh, it's wave-based, but it's timed. It's a seven-minute experience, um, which is nice and quick. But it feels longer than it actually is um, because <laughs> it's really hard. Um, you are limited to mm -hmm. four heroes and only four heroes, um, and they can't be repeated. So uh, the four heroes that you can play are Anna, McCree, uh, that's the cowboy. Uh, Anna is the new character, uh, kind of like the uh, mm -hmm. Egyptian sniper. Um, Soldier 76, who is basically Master Chief. Um, and Hanzo, the archer sniper. Um, and those four are not super ideal um, mm. together. Um, and so, for example, Ana as a healer is really bad. She's like the worst mm. healer for this situation because it's waves of zombie robots coming towards a door. Right. And if the zombie robots get to the door, they blow up. Um, and the door takes damage. If the door takes too much damage, it opens and you lose. Um, and mm. so it's real hard. Um, if you die, you respawn 12 seconds later, which Ooh, is 12 seconds. That's a that's long kind of a, time. That's a lot. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I like about it though, is it's got a narrator. And so like, you know, occasionally uh. you'll, you know, other heroes from the game will come in, but like Reaper has like a pumpkin head and Mercy is a <laughs> witch. Um, and Roadhog yeah. is a Frankenstein monster. And so, like, when you kill one of those characters, this narrator will say, and the gunslinger took out Reaper. <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> really just super interesting. Um, I, I mean, I love the flavor. It's, it, it is a map that exists, um, but it's from mm -hmm. a different perspective than you normally would play. It's a fixed perspective. They change the lighting. They change... So... And it's a brilliant use of their maps. This is typical Blizzard stuff. Um, they are they are and always have been really good at um, kind of leveraging the stuff they have to create neat experiences. If you own Overwatch, you're probably playing this anyway. Um, mm. But, I mean, if you've been thinking about getting Overwatch, I would definitely, and you've been on the fence, I would get it now. So that you can unlock some of these Halloween creepy, spoopy skins before November 1st when this event goes away. I mean, if you're on the fence, I don't know yeah. why. You, at this point, you either bought the game or you're never going to buy the game. I don't know anybody that you shouldn't be on the fence at this point. Just play Overwatch. It's a, probably going to be the game of the year for me. <laughs> okay. And that, and Final Fantasy yeah, is still I'm coming. How does that? Wow. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm looking through. There's a GIF that um, Eric put in our story that goes through all the skins. Mm -hmm. Some of these are pretty funny. Um, yeah, so I see the, the guy with the pumpkin head. Yeah. And uh, and then there are, some, there are some of these cartoony things in here. Are those actually skins for these guys, or that, is that something else? Um, it looks like there's, like, a tracer with, like, a candy bag. 
Oh, okay, yeah, that's not a skin, that's a spray. So what happens is you have the ability to, like, spray that on walls, basically. Oh, Or on the floor. Yeah, it's basically graffiti. It's real dumb. The uh, ones that look like (laughs) tombstones um, Uh are actual, like, they're the end of the game. Like, your your heroic Mm. pose, um, which is just hilarious. Um, Yeah. So... Yeah, the uh, so the, the the Halloween gift boxes that you get for gaining levels, those Halloween loot boxes are available from now until November first. Um, you gain them mm-hmm. just like normal. My understanding is at some point they're gonna let you buy them with real life money if you are that crazy. But just seriously, just just play the game and unlock a bunch. They yeah. will. Uh, there are skins. Um, everybody that does the update gets one loot box for free. Um, that, to my understanding, includes one of the spoopy skins. So, um, you should get something. Um, yeah. but, you know, you just open some more. I mean, I think it's, it, it, I mean, it's definitely worth it. It's definitely cool. Um, I have, I've beaten the mode on easy, and I got destroyed on medium. Um, <laughs> destroyed because my group was garbage. Just Right. A hot, hot dumpster fire because um, our there's two people that can heal. There is Anna, who is an actual healer, and then Soldier 76, who can drop, yeah. like, an AoE heal thing. Um, and our Soldier 76 just ran off on his own. Um, was on the other side of the map trying to all stealth and stuff. And I'm like, bro, you're, okay. you're Master Chief with, a he- with an AoE heal. Get back here. But I couldn't because I wasn't on voice chat. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, staying off voice chat is probably, a, in general, a good idea. Yeah, yeah I'm not talking to strangers. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. Um, so speaking of Overwatch, they have more than 20 million players yeah. now. That is a lot of people. Yeah, man. So, yeah. So they had, um, I think Blizzard said they had more than 7 million, like, the first week. Yep. And so now they've got more than 20 million. I said it was 15 million at, um, it was more than 15 million in August. Yeah. So. So they're just, uh, yeah, they're just racking them up, man. Yeah, it's Blizzard. That's what they do. Yeah, I know. That's what they do. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. I I don't know what Blizzard can do that won't be successful. I think they got a future in this video game industry. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Uh... Yeah, it's kind of it's interesting. I'm I'm actually curious to see what they're going to do next. Although we're not going to see that for years and years. Yeah. But obviously they have to be cooking something else up. Um. So other disappointing gaming news. So Cuphead, which is this really cool looking indie game, has been delayed to 2017 mid 2017 yep. not even early 2017 if you don't remember what this game is all they should need to tell you is it looks like a 30s cartoon a 1930s cartoon you've probably seen something about this game somewhere it's got probably the coolest art style i've seen in a very very long time yeah it does but it's also been in development for quite a long time because I think it first got announced at E3 2014. Yeah, 2014. Because I played it um, last year, not 2016, but 2015, or I played what was there to play, which was not really much. It was like 
I don't know. My timing is really bad in these games, so I just kept dying. But it was only worth, like, against one enemy, so I assumed it was a boss. I don't know. That's all I could play. And uh, so I'm like, hey, you know, this looks cool, but there's not really anything to, you know, form an opinion about. And it's funny, when I was writing this story this morning, Anna, uh, who was home from school because she was getting her shot today, was looking over my shoulder, and she like, hey, what's that? That looks funny. And so I played the uh, trailer for her, and she watched that, and then... You know, somehow I, I said that's Cuphead or whatever. And she's like, Cuphead? And I was like, yeah, if you pay attention to the little guys, their heads are teacups. That's why it's called Cuphead. Whoa, so. I never picked up on that. Seriously? That was sarcasm. You're kidding. That was sarcasm. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I was hoping that it was. Um, I'm working on my deadpan okay. Oh, okay. Well, you're getting better at it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's for sure. It's practice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the very first trailer for Skylanders Academy was released today. Skylanders Academy is the television series based on Skylanders. That is a Netflix original yeah. that is going to be coming later this month. Nah? You're meh on that? Yeah, I definitely met it. I mean, whatever. It's not made for me. You know? That's true. Like Voltron... To Galaxy Defenders or whatever, that was made for me. Skylanders uh. Adventures is, like, this is made for, or Skylanders Academy, rather, was made for my kids. They're going to binge, mm. they're going to binge watch it, and then they'll go yeah. right back to watching Dan the Diamond Minecart. So, I mean, it's fine. It comes out October 28th. Um, there's already yes. a second season confirmed for late 2017. Um, wow. I, I mean, which makes sense. I mean, Skylanders is a big enough property they may as well just knock it knock them both out at once um yeah i'm fine i mean i, I think i'm excited but i'm it's not my most anticipated netflix original by any stretch <laughs> of the imagination yeah no i can imagine so i actually don't watch very many netflix originals i think stranger things was the only one i've actually really watched watch the marvel all my ones? friends keep telling me the oh no i haven't watched any of those but all my friends keep telling me I need to watch Orange is the New Black, but I just haven't gotten around to it. At this point, it but keeps getting longer. All my mom's friends longer. love that one. It keeps getting longer, so it's going to get harder and harder. Yeah, all my mom's friends, like my friends that are moms, they all love that. So probably going to have to check it out at some point. But um, but yeah, anyhow. I'm more HBO person. Uh, so, As we have learned over time. Let's see. As we have learned. <laughs> Right. Um, what else? Uh, World of Final Fantasy, which is coming later this year. You can get yep. a demo of it for PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita starting on October 17th. Uh, this, I don't know much about this, Stephen Final Fantasy expert. What is World of Final Fantasy? Like, it's not a regular Final Fantasy, right? Well, I mean, what is a regular Final Fantasy? Really? So, I mean, and I think that question is rhetorical, but it's a, but it's important, right? I mean, so, no, yeah, it is yeah. not a mainline Final Fantasy game. Um, those are, you can tell those because they're numbered. Um, that's mm -hmm. how you know a real quote-unquote Final Fantasy game. But um, it is purported to be a opportunity for uh, younger gamers to get into the Final Fantasy series and be introduced to all of the iconic characters and heroes all at once. 
Um, mm. And it is a, um, you know, and it's supposed to be a opportunity for Final Fantasy fans to share a game with their children. Which uh, is okay. kind of where we are at, and, you know, which is, I, I am particularly interested in it. Um, yeah. It will likely be the first game I buy when I have a PlayStation 4. Um, because... You know, my kids are excited for it. It's adorable. Um, the core gameplay mechanic is that you play as these two characters that go into this, like, chibi world. Um, mm-hmm. And and she, um, and they, they, like, they, you make stacks of monsters. Mm. <laughs> um, and then you fight. <laughs> and depending on how you stack the monsters okay. on top of you or you on top of them, like these little totem poles, um, that determines your uh-huh. combat stats. Oh, okay. That's pretty neat. So, I mean, it looks neat. There's a vi- there is a uh, release trailer that just came out along with the announcement of the demo that is mostly chibi mm-hmm. anime, um, which is really yeah. weird. But, I mean, if you want to see a chibi <laughs> anime cloud, Tidus... Squall, Lightning, and Warrior of Light beat up on a chibi Ultima weapon. If you've ever wanted that. <laughs> if you've ever, if that's ever been your thing, um, then this is it. This is your only opportunity because it's never yeah. coming again. So. Yeah. Yeah, I see this, this picture on Polygon. or It's the still from the, the trailer, actually. It has all of them. Yep. Man, man, that squall <laughs> looks. It's it, some of these guys just look so weird in this anime <laughs> style. But yeah. well, I mean, they're little chibi little. Whatevs. They look like they look like little toys. You know what? Um, the chibi Tidus one, um, which is cut out. There's actually, if you go to GameInformer.com and look at their story, the chibi Tidus is kind of cut out of it, and um, you know, mm. it's cool. I, uh, I, I, I have no idea what to expect out of this game. Um, but I don't really mm. expect anything other than that it's going to be kind of cute and mm. it's going to be super confusing. I think this might be more confusing <laughs> than Kingdom Hearts. Wow. Because, um, I mean, and that's saying some stuff, you know what I mean? Because Kingdom Hearts yeah, is yeah. confusing because it feels like they like get stoned and then they write the plot. I'm not saying that that's <laughs> what they do, but it seems like that's what they do. Um, and it feels like this one might be a step in that direction. Ah, okay. Okay. When you say they look like toys, sorry, that reminded me I'm going to get off games. Well, sort of off games, sort of not. I forgot to talk about the Geek Girl Con was this past weekend. Yeah, dude, let's talk about this. Um, How was it? In Seattle. It was awesome. It was awesome. It was um, at least twice the size as it was last year which is insane this thing is growing like crazy like pax was growing crazy for a while okay um so so yeah i mean it was awesome the the one of the best things that they have there is they they really cater to young girls like a lot like just as much as you know older women and so they have this thing called the diy science zone where they have a bunch of of women showing kids how to do various experiment things and the kids go through and do them you have a little punch card if you do every single activity you can enter to win something or other but this was a Especially good for my daughter because she loves bugs and there was a team of entomologists there called the bug chicks and they had 
a ton of bugs there, like live bugs for kids to look at. And she was just, she just, she had a blast. She was able to hold a couple of them. She held a caterpillar. She held some weird thing. I don't even <laughs> remember what it was called now, but it made me want to uh, run the other direction as quickly as possible. But she held it. Um, it's, uh, right now, I mean, obviously this is probably going to change, but right now if you ask her what she wants to be when she grows up, she says a bug scientist. So this was straight up her alley. She just completely loved that. They had these pretty amazing microscopes there that I had never seen before. They were like like a little like flip like camera type thing so you put the microscope part over whatever you want to yep. look at and then there's like a digital screen that flips open that you see the stuff on yep. and i was like hey that's really cool so i was asking the lady i'm like that's probably really expensive huh and she's like eh, it's about 150 bucks i'm like oh yeah well, that's not that bad so and then i told my husband about it like hey that's cool maybe we should get one and he's like no there's something about actually like leaning over a microscope and putting your eye on it to see. i'm like really seriously like this is the one thing that you're going to go anti-digital for just doesn't make any sense <laughs> so yeah that's a, that is a surprise that is a surprise one would I know. presume <laughs> yeah, that I know. you know once um, you go digital you go digital speaking right, of going yeah. for real on the microscope did has your husband seen the perceptor toy that came out of new york comic-con that is an actual working freaking microscope do you, have, do you no. know who Perceptor is? <laughs> I do he's, not. I'm he's sorry. a Transformer. Is, that, is it a Transformer? Yeah. Okay. He's a Transformer. That's, that's where I was going. <laughs> um, so he is a Transformer that transforms into a microscope. And he is a working microscope when you transform him into huh. his microscope mode. Um, Perceptor is famous for the line in Transformers the movie that says... Uh, a cursory evaluation of Decepticon capability indicates a distinct tactical deficiency, at which point Ultra Magnus says to him, in other words, and then someone else says, we're outnumbered, which is, the to me, the first time I, because I was seven when this movie came out, it's the first time that that <laughs> bit had ever been delivered to me, where it's the nerd mm -hmm. says it in a really complicated way, and then the jock corrects him. Like, that's that's like a classic <laughs> bit. Right where they over, where yeah. they, and so I had never had that bit delivered to me. So that is the definition of that archetype for me, and I will never forget Perceptor. I'm buying that toy wow. like a crazy person. I don't even care how much it is. <laughs> don't even care. Nice. So, um, yeah. what else? There were a lot of Transformers at Geek Girl Con. Sorry, I didn't see any Transformers. I mean, it could have very well. Been I'm sure there, they were but, there. Like, um, I'm sure there were some collectibles. At like a booth somewhere. Yeah, probably. But, so what other yeah, stuff I found, do they have? I stopped by a... I'm really uh, curious. Well, there's all kinds of comics. There are lots of um, kind of uh, independent artists, you know, selling their wares. Like artists, artists like you would think, but also jewelry artists and other types of things like you that. You commissioned some art um, of Anna, right? Like I saw that amazing superhero outfit yes. thing. Yes, it was awesome. So anytime we go to a con, we commission an artwork of her. Um, so, but she was, I don't know what was up with her, like went and, you know, found the artist that drew in the style that I thought was going to be really good. And she's like, you know, well, well, what do you want me to draw? And I'm like, oh, this one right here. And she's like, okay, well, I need to take a picture. I'm like, okay. Anna freaked out. She's like, I don't want her to draw a picture of me. And I'm like, what? 
why why is this even i don't understand anyhow so she got a picture of her screaming and crying but she did very well <laughs> with that source material i i appreciated um, it i thought it was great i mean you got yeah. now you got to find somebody to like do some like watercolor on that and then frame it yeah because i think that would look really yeah. nice with like you know colored in with like like some light colors watercolor or something like that and then framed um, yeah. This is bad radio for everybody like listening at home, but it's just night. I mean, the 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 art. As someone watching from outside, this was a beautifully drawn, very simply drawn. It looked like something out of a coloring book. Anna dressed mm-hmm. as is it Anna or Anna? Anna. It's Anna. Anna. Sorry. Yeah. My bad. That's a um right. Anna dressed as like a superhero. Was she Wonder Woman or was she just Egypt? Was she was one- Wonder Woman. Okay, so it's hard to tell without the without the like colors, but it was black and white. Right. Well, she was she's holding a lasso. Did I miss that? That should tell you who she is. Yeah, you must have missed that. I must have missed that. I was too busy. I was honestly really just I looked very briefly, um, but I was astonished by like the quality of it. I thought it was really cool. It really captured Anna's personality, um, which is even more impressive now that I know that the source material was screaming four-year-old. Um, but it it looked, the way she was like posed and everything, it really looked like a page out of a coloring book, which I think is yeah. super cool. Bravo to you guys getting that done. I'm kind of jealous. Yeah. There's lots of panels. The right? artist, man, I wish I could, uh, man, I don't have her, her uh, name written down, but the artist is awesome. So she did lots of, uh, some of her art that attracted me to have her doing it in the first place is she had really, really great, um, just general female superhero drawings. And she did Disney princesses too, but, um, but yeah, this, this, this illustrator was amazing. I'll have, um, I'll put it in the show notes who she is. So I can't look up her, her name right now, but she's amazing. Um, she was really great too. She did it pretty quickly because she's like, well, you know, I'm going to need to take some time for this. And I'm like, that's all right. I'll be back tomorrow. But she texted me like two hours afterwards and was like, I'm done. And I'm like, that's great. I'll get it tomorrow because I'm not the show anymore. <laughs> so deuces. <anyhow>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it was really great. There were, there were lots of great artists Then you know, like you always kind of have your weird, like sort of, uh, fantasy like i guess kind of like larping ish type clothing you know those old medieval dresses and corsets and all that kind of stuff of course um and then they they had a separate gaming area for the first time typically the gaming stuff has sort of been like scattered within the regular exhibit floor but it was on a different floor it wasn't huge but you know it it, it's starting now and um there was stuff to do. They had a uh, buddy and me. Those developers had a Wii U out with the game playing. Uh, there was the Elsinore game was being shown, which I'm kicking myself because I was gonna go take a look at that game the day I was there without Anna, and I totally forgot to because that's the person that like basically tackled me during PAX after he saw I had a media badge. But this is it's like a like an RPG set in Shakespearean times or whatever, and I was really interested in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't have a chance you told to. Me, you, uh, you've so, mentioned um, this, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I saw it briefly at PAX. Um, but yeah, so I i don't know. I just forgot. I totally forgot that that's what I was oh. supposed to do. What do you But anyhow, saw some cool panels. Um, there was this panel with all of these, these amazing uh, eighth graders who had won all sorts of um, science awards. And they... They, writ- they wrote an experiment that is being sent 
to the International Space Station to be um, performed up there. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty impressive. Um, and so, the, yeah, the panel was all just about how, you know, keep girls interested in science and what teachers can do and what parents can do and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But it was funny because going down the and there was another there was another panel too. It was the same type of thing. But every single girl in science thing was. My dad is a software engineer. My dad was a microbiologist. My dad was X, Y, Z. And I'm like, at least we've got that checked down, <laughs> even if we can't do anything else. Dad is a software engineer. We got it. Yeah, so, exactly. Anyhow. Yeah. So that was cool. Awesome. It was a great show. It's it's so laid black. It's not just for, it's not just for girls, obviously. There is some great cosplay there, too. Um, lots of Wonder Womans, although that's not surprising any way shape or form um but anyhow yeah it's great it happens in seattle every october november ish it's about a month after pax uh highly recommended so um so yeah so that's geek girl con uh let's see what else are we talking about oh there's this cool pokemon go study that steven waved in my face before we started recording i mean to be fair what those folks words say steven to be fair <laughs> i waved it at my webcam because anyone listening knows I'm in Connecticut, and she's in Washington <laughs> State, so I couldn't... If I was able to wave a study in her face, <laughs> hashtag collapsing space and time. Let's get that one trending on Twitter. <laughs> so, all right, so how interesting is this? Now, I, I told Nicole about this and told her to tease about it, but that I was going to keep her in suspense. So she, at this point, folks, she has no idea what I'm going to say. I could just make stuff up. She'd never know. But I'm not going to. It's actually in the study. So um, a study done in partnership between Stanford University and Microsoft Research um, created the study. The study is entitled The Influence of Pokemon Go on Physical Activity, Study, and Implications. Basically, the idea is their hypothesis was that Pokemon Go was good for health. That's it. You know what? Sometimes studies have simple out have simple beginnings, and their idea was um, that there are people that are that try to be more active. But is it possible that what they called novel mobile games uh, that involve physical um, that kind of involve the interaction between the real world and um, the game world would make pe would motivate people to move more? Um, and so they did a study of a lot of people, about 1,500 people, um, mm. with uh, they outfitted them all with um, step trackers provided by Microsoft, mm. um, and they found out some interesting stuff. Most notably, um, they found out that there was about a 13% increase in steps mm. that they could quantifiably identify as being the responsibility of Pokemon Go, right? Because there are lots of people, like, in San Francisco that play Pokemon Go, but it's not making them walk any more than they already do. If you walk from the train station right. to IGN, that doesn't count as po <laughs> that you're playing Pokemon Go, but that's not extra walking. Unless you took an Uber yeah. there every day. That doesn't, you know, like, and this is extra, like, you know what I mean? That's that's the, that's a reasonable yeah, yeah. example. Um, you know, if so if you're driving around in your car playing, it does not count. Whereas this one, they, they figured out. Mm -hmm. About 13% uh, percent increase in steps, um, which is significant. Um, they then did some extrapolation once they figured this out. They then determined that the 
United States population of Pokemon Go players, assuming that they all averaged out to the same 13% increase, they would say that um, the American Pokemon Go playing population would have taken 144 billion steps since wow. July. Mm. Um, which, you know, That's cool. so, um, which when they calculate that, now they know that increased activity helps decrease comorbidity rates for things like heart disease, diabetes, um, you know, high mm-hmm. blood pressure, um, any number of other, you know, obesity and, and all, any number of potentially fatal, uh, issues. Um, mm-hmm. and they, when they figure out this 13% increase amongst all of the Pokemon Go population, they, they theorize that the Amer- if the American population can maintain this through engagement with the game, which they admit is a challenge, um, mm. that it would increase the life expectancy, um, the additional lifetime to U.S. users, and this is cumulative across everybody, an additional 2,825 million years of lifespan added to just people in the United States. Now, the way they figure that out is, obviously, you reduce comorbidity rates for various things. That makes people live longer. There were millions of people Mm -hmm. playing this game. You know, you you get 20... It it, it all adds up, if you think about it. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, admittedly, all of these things are extrapolating. I was at work the other day talking to some of the nurses and physicians, uh, I work at a healthcare at a health insurance company, so I figure I may as well take advantage of it. Um, and so I asked them, and we talked about the study, and one of the biggest concerns that they had was that this is all based on extrapolation, um, that if you take a small population, 1,500 is still relatively small for a study. Um, yeah. It's difficult to just, you can't just multiply it out and be like, hey, here's all this stuff. Um, because, yeah. most notably, um, if you increase your activity and then it, stops, then it it's not a net change forever. It would need to be a 13% increase for ad infinitum for the remainder of one's natural life, which is unlikely right. from a single game, which yeah. makes sense. However, mm-hmm. um, they said that that was a concern of theirs. However, they agreed with me that if nothing else, this is an indicator of the power of games. Um, I recommend anybody listening, and I'm sure you've probably read it or at least been aware of it. There's a book by um, a game designer and researcher and thought leader named Jane McGonigal. No, she is not a Harry Potter professor. Um, I was asked that on the EFG show um, a few nights ago. No, she is not a Harry Potter professor. Um, although I'm sure she would she would laugh at that um, because she is. She would. Um, she would. Have you actually met her? I would presume that you probably would have at some point. Uh, not met met, but, uh, she spoke, uh, at a thing in Seattle, someplace that Linda's on the board of. So, oh, right. uh, me and a bu- Linda and a bunch of other people went and, and saw her. She is a, it was, it was super cool. She's a fascinating woman. Um, she wrote a book she called is. reality is broken. Um, and that sounds super depressing, but it's not, that's not what she's getting at. The <laughs> idea is she is a games designer and researcher. And her theory is that reality is broken because games are better. And part of the reason for that mm. is that games are that it's easier to motivate people because they are small, they have attainable goals. She has like this whole outline that she lays through this book. Um, if you are a parent and you are concerned about why your kids are spending too much time, quote unquote, playing video games, um, read this freaking book. 
Straight up. Uh, I have a copy that I yeah. left at my desk at work from the day that I bought it, and I lent it out to seven or eight different moms whose sons were sons and daughters were playing Call of Duty or League, and they were confused. They didn't understand. I gave them that book, and it gave them complete clarity. Um, this is an amazing oh, book, yeah. and her, one of her theories is that games are powerful, and if you get two million people playing a game for two or three minutes a day that does something good, you can yeah. do amazing things. And we see this no, these numbers. I mean, how many times have you read off stories to us about, um, you know, well, oh, there was this beta that happened. And over the course right, of right, a yeah. weekend, we played 3,000 years of Uncharted 4 <laughs> or some nonsense, right? And it's like, yeah. that's silly if you think about it. But it's really not because yeah. there was probably like 10 million people playing this free game for a weekend. And, you know, mm -hmm. everybody puts in a day's worth of time over the course of the weekend. That shit adds up. But but yeah. if you think about it, you know, there are good examples of it like Fold It, which is that the, the PC game where you're folding proteins to help cure cancer and things like mm -hmm. that. So right, right, her idea yeah. is that this could make it be a thing. And maybe Pokemon Go isn't the answer, but maybe a series mm -hmm. of just games that constantly come out. Um, and grabbing yeah. people, um, super impressive. Um, that's, I've, I talked about the study at length on the EFG show. There's a video on the engaged family gaming Facebook page. You can go find it. Um, I love it. I think this is great. It's perfect influence. I mean, it's just stuff that you and me already know, right? Nicole, we know games yeah, yeah, are, right. um, they are powerful. Um, they are impactful. Mm -hmm. Um, this is, you know, th this is just further proof. Yeah. Yeah, this kind of brings up too something that I that I didn't talk about at Geek Girl Con. Um, at least in the panels that I that I watched, there was still still this is really annoying to me. There was still like, oh, I did X, Y, and Z instead of playing video games. It's like even amongst this very like technologically savvy game friendly crowd at a con like geek girl con you were still hearing people on panels kind of making games seem less less important or less yeah. of a great use of time as something else and that was really uh, irritating to me i'm like really like okay yeah you know you're gonna learn to program that's great that's awesome but you don't do it for your whole life and like playing a game is not a bad use of your time especially if you're learning something from it or if your brain is learning things even though you don't necessarily know it so um yeah so that, that was weird. i found it weird i found it really strange that 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 sort of um impression was still pervasive even at a game friendly do, do you think that it is possible that some of that may have just been kind of learned language by nature of the fact Possibly. that, I mean, it's, a, I'm presuming that most of the panelists were women. Yes. Yeah. So, and so is it possible that that's just learned language that they're used to saying that because they can't really fully embrace games in general because, you know, in non-safe environments, it kind of gets, they, it kind of gets slammed down, you know? Um, yeah, I think that yeah. might have influenced some of it. I certainly don't want to dismiss your experience, but I think that might have had something to yeah. do with it. Because I mean, yeah, yeah, it's totally possible. I mean, I mean that's what everybody says of everything. You know, don't spend your time playing video games. Do something else. Don't just play video games. Well, I mean that's definitely that's definitely a thing. But it was still like you know, it was it was sort of it was a little bit of a punch in the gut. See these smart young women say I did something you know 
instead of playing video games. And it's just like, anyhow. I I don't you know I I don't disagree with you and I I think yeah I mean I think maybe maybe just if I can advise you don't choose to not let it punch you in the gut um because you know um but I get it yeah I get it right I mean it's if if for nothing else games are a huge part of your life um I think that's safe yes. to say I think it's safe to say managing editor of a yeah. video game website married to a game developer you know, long history of working in the field. They're, they're kind of a thing yes. for you. Um, so yeah. anyone being dismissive, that's, you know, I mean, it's like somebody walking up to Tom Brady and being like, man, football's a stupid sport. It's like, well, of course he's going to be like, well, I, I what, what, you know, get the rug taken out of <laughs> from under <laughs> yeah. him. Because people are being yeah. dismissive about something that you love, but is also a huge part of your professional and, you know, your hobbies, et cetera. Um, personal identity. Your personal identity. It's part of my personal identity, sure. yes. Because um, you're a gamer. <laughs> A real one, yeah. Um, a better one than me. Um, so I think so. I can I can get why that might why it might bother you if people were being dismissive of it. And I certainly wasn't trying to yeah. imply that they weren't. I but I, I on the other hand, you know, don't just play video games. Yeah. You know, I'm, I advocate yeah, balance. Yeah. I mean, the reality is, like, you play video games, but you read books, you watch TV, you hang out, and you go yeah, to yeah. you do enriching things with your daughter, like. If you were only playing video games, you would not be yeah. as healthy and as um, like as as enriched of a person as you are, right? Like you know a lot, you have a lot yes. of experience, you're very worldly. If you were just playing World of Warcraft twenty four hours a day, um, like mainlining Red Bull and you know mac and cheese, you would not be as like a, you know you wouldn't be as well rounded. So I think that's. They right. they probably they some of them probably meant that too is that they play their games but yeah. they try and mix it up a little bit and that's that's kind of yeah. respectable I mean I tell my sons to do that yeah you know you can't just play video games yeah. bros you gotta if you want to be able to communicate in the real world you gotta at least have some other experience yeah yeah there were some great questions and stuff at that at that panel too I bet um, one great one is that that they someone asked that like. You know, sometimes it seems like these schools are now so focused on STEM, STEM being science, technology, energy, engineering, yep. and math, especially for girls, that some of the other subjects are kind of falling by the wayside yeah. and, you know, not given the same importance like they should be, like, you know, Art. reading and, and writing yeah. and, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. So, so that was interesting, too. Um, and I think that that's probably, I mean, my daughter's not in school yet. She will be. I mean, regular public school. She will be next year, which is still kind of weird to me. So I don't know if that's the case in like, in in like lots of public schools, but I could definitely see it being the case because there's so much of a focus on STEM right now. That's like that's all you hear. So um, yeah, so yeah, it is. Um, I can. It's to give you some comfort. Uh, my all three yeah. of my kids go to magnet schools here in Connecticut. Um, mm -hmm. They go to a te a technical you know, a science and technology school, but mm -hmm. they go to art class every day or not every day, you know, every, a couple times a week. And they are, they, they, they are learning, they read a lot, you know, they, so, mm -hmm. and that, that stuff is encouraged. So, um, you are right. Yeah. There's, there's a huge emphasis on STEM, but a lot of schools, um, you know, maybe not all of them. And I'm sure this is absolutely lacking. The arts are not getting the same kind of attention as they should. Um, but a lot of schools are doing the STEAM thing, 
which is science, technology, mm. whatever E is. <laughs> and arts and, and arts math. And engineering, math. arts and math. Yeah, that came up at that at the thing too. That they had that written on their on their little slide that says steam. And I'm like, what does steam have to do? You're like, well, Valve has <laughs> taken over everything. <laughs> I know. I was just like, uh, anyhow, <laughs> it was really funny. Um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it was it was just an interesting thing. For them to say and having like i said not having any real experience in the school system as of yet can't say for sure you get there but you know as a yeah as a writer and you know someone who's really into that side of things you know i want anna to think that that's important too although it's funny i find myself really trying to encourage her to do more tech science things it's like it's even ingrained in me that like stem should be the way that i'm pointing her so um well. Because I've noticed myself doing that, but, you know. Well, she's going to pick up the art stuff by nature of the fact that you're a writer anyway. Like, yeah. you do as your mom and dad yeah. do, you know? Like, so she's yeah. going to do what you do, you know, because she's aware that it exists. So I don't think it hurts. I think you're doing a good right. you're doing a good job, boss. You're doing a good job. Don't, don't beat yourself up. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, so I think that that's all the news. Steven, did you have any other news? Uh, no. Not at all. Okay. We covered er we all covered right. everything. Awesome. So let's jump into what we're playing. Um, I have been playing lots of games again. There's actually a game. The review is up on Pixelkin right now that I actually played last week, but I failed to mention. And it's a wonderful game. It's called Burly Men at Sea. Yeah. It Tell is me about this like crazy a choose game. your own adventure. It's it's a it's hilarious. It's like a choose your own adventure novel brought to life. So you play as these three bearded burly men who they find a map one day <laughs> they're fishermen they find a map one day when they're out at sea and they go back to town and they ask people hey do you know anything about this map and everybody says no they're like okay so you get back in the boat and as soon as they get back out to sea they get swallowed by a whale because that's what because happens reasons. all the time yeah no exactly but from there every single thing that you do after that is you're, it's, a, it's a series of choices. It's not like you've got five different choices. You come to a fork, you've got one choice or another choice. Then you go to the next fork, you've got one choice or another choice. Um, but it's it's relatively quick. I think you only go through about five choices total in one game, in one playthrough. So it makes it a lot easier to go through and do a different play playthrough, at least for me. Like, we hear something like Mass Effect, like, oh, you can get a totally different experience by doing this, you know, changing up your stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but that's hours and hours of gameplay. This is like 20 minutes of one playthrough. So it's really it's really cool. It's, it's super cute. The writing is really good. It's funny. Um, you come across some really funny characters. My favorite is there's, there's a Grim Reaper who is depressed about his job. Uh, which is always <laughs> always a fun thing. <laughs> so that is kind of funny. So yeah, yeah. So that game's available on PC and iOS. Might be on Android too. It's definitely PC and iOS. I played it on my iPad. We actually have a PC code that I can give to somebody. So I'm I'm curious to see if anybody's actually listening to us. So <laughs> if you would like the PC code of Burly Men at Sea, send an email to hello at pixelkin.org. And please don't break my heart and let me know that nobody's actually listening to us and that we're just doing this for posterity's sake. Um, anyhow. And if you're afraid to email, uh, if you are afraid to email her, because I understand she can be intimidating, 
I think that it is also safe. <laughs> you can ask for the code in the uh, Engage Family Gaming slash community page also, if you're afraid. Yes. Um, I'm still. I'm I, unless that's unless that's a. I mean, I'm just giving people an option because you're intimidating. No, no, no. That's you're intimidating. <laughs> um, that's... you know, I'm looking for this game on my iPhone right now. Yeah, it's great. It's great. I love it. Um, and then I also played a puzzle game called Castles. This is in uh, Xbox. Xbox One game for sure. It might be on PC too, but um, it's a match three game, but it's a isometric match three game. You've got colors and you also have icons on tops of the blocks and you're matching, you know, you've got little tasks that, that tells you to do on the side, like put three green blocks together, or three pickaxes or whatever. So you're this little dude running around. You have to shove the blocks into place. Um, all the while blocks are continually falling and they will smash the block beneath them and change it into something else. Oh boy. Or they can fall on you. They can fall on you as well, which isn't huge. You just get you get reset off to a corner of the board, which is typically the furthest corner of the board that you would like to be at. Um, but yeah, it gets pretty hectic. <laughs> but it's fun. It's it's a lot of fun. There's not really a story there beyond like this king wants to build a big tower, so that's that's why you're doing this thing. Um, but it's super fun, and it's one of those, oh, let me try and see if I can get to this level. This level. Like, I spent, like, too much time late at night playing this game just trying to get to the next level. Um, but it's a lot of fun. Like I said, it's called Castles. It's, it's really cute. Um, so definitely check that out. The other game that I've been playing is 1979 Revolution colon Black Friday, which is a... Uh, adventure games similar to the telltale games yeah. only about real uh real um historical places and times and that is 1979 during the iranian revolution or right before the iranian revolution mm -hmm. um this is a really cool game it has lots of i mean the implications of this game are much larger than this game itself there's not a lot of um gameplay stuff going on i suppose I guess it's about the same as Telltale. Maybe a little a little less depth than you got on Telltale, but you're making dialogue choices and you're doing these sorts of things like, you know, you're seeing kind of the real deal happen around you, but the characters that you play and the characters that you interact with are fictional. They're made up in this yep. universe and so but you make choices to find out, you know, what happens to to these characters. And the thing that's cool about it is that it's got real historical stuff like built into it. So like like Never Alone was a game that was that was great for kind of giving you history and culture of um, the Native American people um, in Alaska. But to get that information, you would have to stop playing, go out to the main menu and watch a video. Yep. This is not like that. There is one level where you're taking photos of a crowd and as you take the photo, there will be a real-life reference of what that, you know, what they drew off of. And then there will be a quick couple sentences that says, this is what this was and when it happened. And you can even, you know, there's a button right there to learn more. And then it will give you an even larger paragraph. So the history is built right into the game. Kind of like. Which is really, really cool. Kind of like Valiant Hearts. Yeah. A little bit. Did you ever play Valiant Hearts? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I didn't, but I know of it. Yeah. Um, so it's funny, I saw this game at PAX, it was in the PAX 10, and uh, the, the, the PR, I don't know if he's a PR person or whatever from the developer, was like, he's like, yeah, we've had kind of, we've had teachers contact us about, like, using this in class, and I'm like, 
well, yeah. I'm like, how are you not going after this market? Oh my God, you naive person. Like, <laughs> this is awesome. And then they're like, you know, it's the proof of concept type thing. It doesn't have to be specifically this. They could do something during the French Revolution. They could do something during oh, whatever yeah. in history and use it the same way. So these, these guys are sitting on, I think, a huge, huge thing oh, yeah. that I don't even think that they know that they're sitting on but hopefully I mean, they will find out quickly yeah i think they um yeah i mean they, they it looks great i mean this is you're absolutely right this is a a genre they could get in that this could be their deal um hopefully yeah. this is successful enough that they can stay open and continue to do more games because you're absolutely right pick a bunch of different stuff illuminate it i mean yeah. and just pick that exact same model, get some historians in there. I mean, I, I agree. I think it's a great idea. I've, ever since I heard about this game, and I heard about it a while ago when it was just starting development, um, I've been really excited about it. I'm really super thrilled to see that um, it's like a thing now, you know, and not just yes. a concept. Yeah. Yeah, and it's out. You can play it on uh, PC, and it's available on mobile as well. I think it's available on mobile now. It's definitely on PC. If it's not on mobile now, it will be very soon. Um, and so then besides that, Hearthstone, nothing super cool to report on that front. Puzzle and Dragons, play a lot more patch um, patchwork. Yeah, patchwork. And then also Paperback. I keep getting <laughs> those names mixed up. Um, paperback has me kind of... Um, I don't want to say addicted, but I'm really drawn in by it, and I keep upping the difficulty of my AI just to see how good I can do oh, against yeah? them. Well, good. But yeah, yeah. It's That's a great a game. That's it. Paperback is so good. Yeah. But we went over yeah. this last week. I backed that game on Kickstarter back in the day. I loved yeah. it. Loved it. Yeah. Um, I have not played a lot. Um, I have not. I played Overwatch. Um. And part of that is that I uh, kind of burned myself out on my Xbox uh, playing sports games. Um, yeah. And so I, I really haven't gotten to spend a, as much time playing other games as I may have wanted. However, I suspect that's all going to change starting tonight now that I get to play Battlefield 1. Um, I, it really, it, another piece of it is that. Um, you know, Overwatch the last couple of days has been really we've been we've been passing the controller a lot. So very excited about the yeah. Halloween event. Can't wait for them to do more events like this. I, this is my favorite part of Blizzard games is just seeing them express their creativity. Mm. So yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. Looking forward to Final Fantasy though. I'll tell you what, been reading a lot. Yeah, been reading yeah, a lot. I'm sure. <laughs> really excited about Final Fantasy, man. It, it, it Final Fantasy is happening next month. Yes. So next month. All right. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Thanks so much for listening. If you have questions, comments, or feedback, or would like that Steam code for Burly Men at Sea, send an email to hello at pixelkin.org. If you're curious about Pixelkin, you can find us at pixelkin.org. If you're a parent and a gamer, odds are you're going to find something that you like there. You can find us on Facebook, Simply Pixelkin. You can find us on Twitter, at Pixelkin underscore org. Earlier, you heard Stephen talk about the Engage Family Gaming community. Stephen is editor and founder of EngageFamilyGaming.com, which is another awesome site that you should check out. 
besides Pixelkin, because they, they tell us tell you guys about board games, too. But where else can we find EFG, Steven? Basically, go places, search Engage Family Gaming. We are likely there. Uh, most notably, make sure you like our Facebook page, uh, because that is where every night, Monday through Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I do a live show called The EFG Show, where we get our family game on, and we talk about the relevant family game news of the day first, and then we talk about, um, you know, then we do a Q&A. Usually it lasts about a half hour or so, and uh, it's a real intimate experience where we just sit, hang out, and it's me in a webcam. Uh, very exciting stuff. So make sure to join me if you are interested. Cool. All right. That wraps it up. Thanks so much for listening, and we will be back with you next week. Bye. Bye.